0: Welcome to another episode of There is a System to this Madness Podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is September 14th, 2020. First of all, I have to apologize for the time in between. I know I I made a vow to try to put these together every five days, however some things got a little bit hectic with work got behind felt a little sluggish and didn't have nothing to do with the virus just 55 years old sluggish but either way pretty much um, everything is back on track so let's just get into it i know some of the stuff i wanted to discuss might be just a little outdated but just wanted to put my spin on it anyway one of the things that I wanted to address was presidential candidate Joe Biden, where I noticed that he continues to, it's almost like he's trying to campaign for the Trump supporters. And I'm like, why? I, 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 don't, I don't get this. Why are you focusing on Trump supporters? It's, you know, they, they, that group of individuals are locked in. You know, whenever you ask a Trump supporter, why do you support Donald Trump? They give you these bullshit excuses about his tax plan. And they always bring up with Obama did and the majority of the Trump supporters do not even benefit from his his financial plans because really to benefit from Donald Trump's tax plan you have to make a minimum of $250,000 to even get any type of daylight in regards to his tax benefits. I mean, it, it really 100,000 would be understandable if you made this amount and you say, I support Donald Trump. I get it, but let's be real. The majority of his, his supporters, they don't make this type of money. The majority of his tro- his supporters are elderly white people that have been hanging on to this racial one-track mentality all their lives. And now they have somebody that has told them or duped them into believing that it's safe for them to crawl from under their rocks and shout their rhetoric in regards to how they, how, had, how they have always felt about relationships and why Joe Biden continues to question their loyalty to this man. Why is he trying to say what he can do better than them? like stop it because they they are not listening you're not going to get to them there are so many people that uh, you know and it blows my mind when I hear people say that they are in indecisive I'm like you know you know go ahead with the Trump supporters because if you don't get it you 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 know it's like being on the fence you either Love human beings or you hate human beings. And I don't mean it from a point where you just got to tolerate things, but to the point where you either acknowledge there's racism and racial issues in this country or you're the type of person that feels that everything is okay. If you feel that everything is okay, then you pretty much... Yeah, go vote for Donald Trump. If you feel that things are out of hand, things are uncontrollable. No, you can't be a Trump supporter. So when you're sitting here saying I'm an independent um, or not saying that you're independent, you're indecisive. No, you've already you've already made up your mind. I mean, who needs those type of people? Why would, you even, why would you even want to appeal to those, those individuals? Yeah, I get it. You're trying to get into the White House. You're trying to get votes. Yes, if there are things that you feel that you can do that may interest an indecisive person without selling out your majority of your core supporters, all well and good. But to me, focus... Focus on your core supporters. If there's anything that I had to criticize President Obama about doing, and he's actually said this, his major regret was that he spent too much time appeasing to individuals that did not support him. He spent too much time wanting to bring those I guess, non-believers of his policies into the fold because he did not have the belief that these people did not accept him because of his policies. And all the time, it was his skin color. And that is something that no matter how great your policies are how great of something that you can bring to another person's household if a person has that type of hatred inside of them festering through generations you like they said you're beating a dead horse and I believe that that if anything that I found fault with, President Barack Obama's presidency is that he spent way he spent way too much time trying to capitulate to these individuals whereas he could have used that time that energy that resource to do more uplifting of the people that were 110% Behind him, I mean, it's it's ten years, basically. Obama did eight. Trump is, is you know, it's more like it's close to twelve years now. Nothing, nothing has changed. These people still have the same hatred. The only thing that Donald Trump has done, he has given them a green light to come out and spew their hatred. He don't denounce it. They embrace him. He can say anything that he wants. How vulgar, how nasty, how vile. He can say it and they are going to follow him. So to me, to Joe Biden, dude, sir, let it go. Let 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 it go. Changing the subject. As a clinician, one of the things I think I think all of us dread most dearly is a client taking their lives or even attempting to take in, taking their lives. The worst thing that you could also hear is that one of your clients have been harmed when they were found in a situation that they could not defend themselves. Situation in Rochester, New York, where the black man Was having a psychotic episode. And. In the rain. Walking. Running down the street. Naked. And the police approached him. And. They did. Everything. That you're not supposed to do. When engaging. An individual. That is having. A psychotic breakdown. Now, I can't really comment because I don't know the scenario in regards to where the police informed. I mean, like, did they receive a nine-one call from the family saying, hey, our loved one has left. We can't find him. He's dealing with this. I would imagine that they did report it. And I would imagine that they would include they would have included that this person had some type of psychotic. Was having some kind of psychotic episode. And, you know, for the police to basically, you know, don't hurt him because he might be out of his mind and also. For their protection. Because, yes, you may give him a command and you might say stop. And for him, that might mean go. And things, I mean, without a doubt, let's be real. Things are real out there. I mean, come on. There's nothing on his forehead or ID that says I have paranoid schizophrenia. I have a mental diagnosis. Instead, they're listening to what he's saying. He's ranting and raving about he is is you know he he has um, COVID nineteen. You know he's ranting and raving about police brutality because of course a lot of my clients with mental disabilities they know what's going on. They understand what's going on, but at the same time, they interpret it in their own way. So, of course, when he sees police officers gathering around him, that just gets him more amped up. So now, you know, of course, they claiming that he's saying that he's got COVID and then he's spitting on them. So of course they managed to get to him and put a bag over his head and I'm like okay I'm looking at the video I'm looking at four to five different police officers and I'm like you can't you can't subdue this person really I mean it's just this this shit is crazy it it, it is plain crazy and of course you know he's hospitalized yeah you know, and that's where it gets kind of blurry because supposedly he dies days later. I mean I don't know the full story but I'm like what did he die of? I mean okay you put the bag over his head I'm thinking what was it a plastic bag? Did they actually tie the bag around his neck? I mean, who does that? I mean, how? what type of bag is this? I'm thinking if you put a, okay, you got people that are spitters. This is even before COVID. You put a bag over their head, but I'm thinking the bag is breathable. So you what he couldn't breathe with the bag that you put over his head? And you could not subdue him, really. And he's walking around nude. You couldn't just even just even if you just allow for him to just continue to walk, and you all follow him in the in the safety of your car till he just stops. He's going to stop. He's going to. You know, it's, it reminds me of the situation in Atlanta when they shot the man in his back. He was drunk. He was sleepy. He took off running. Really? You got his car. You got all his information. Really? And, you know, just like in Atlanta, you know, I mean, they shot that guy instantly. But it's obvious something went wrong. You put, you, you, they basically, they choked him. There's no doubt in my mind. They suffocated the man. You know then they use the story where he died days later in the hospital you know that that don't even make sense and what is so sad about it the police chief he's black the mayor she's black the mayor is saying what well, the chief of police gave her a story the chief of police is saying another story you know it's, you know, it, it's not even, you know, we want to say it's black and white, but whenever I say things like, let's talk about black on black crime, black folks lose their minds. It's like, that's just taboo to say that black people kill or harm other black people or the white man this, the white man that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, no doubt of mine. It's been a it's been hunting season by white police officers on black men. But don't get it twisted. The police force I mean you I mean the Atlanta Police Department. I don't know the actual percentage, but I'm willing to bet it's more black police officers on the Atlanta police in, in the Atlanta Police Department than white people. White police officers, excuse me. I just, I, you know, I'm just going by the population of Atlanta, Georgia. But either way, you know, that, 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 that whole story, that's, that, that, that broke my heart because that hit home because I have clients, I've had clients, I still have clients that will have some type of psychotic episode and they will run out the door naked, into the streets, and just fate would have it. I've never had any fatal incident, but it happens because people don't understand. When a person is having some type of psychotic situation in their mind, they're trying to break free of whatever the voices or the issues that are going on and it's like everything closes in on them everything starts to feel tight on them and one of the things that that makes the, that feels tight on them is clothing so the, they want a sense of not feeling restricted so that's one of the first things they do they remove their clothing just to feel it's like it's just it's 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 like just breaking free I don't know most of you, I mean, I've done it. Sometimes when you get through the door of your home and it's like you start kicking your shoes off, you start loosening your clothes off. Some people actually, before they even get to step number 10 after they pass through the front door, they are butt naked. It's that sense of like, it's detoxing. Okay, now you got a person that has a mental issue They don't understand outdoors and indoors. It's just like, I got to get out. A lot of times they're living in a group home facility. A lot of times they might be restricted, especially with COVID. A lot of times people don't understand. You definitely got to be more careful in regards to the mental health. People don't understand how everything affects everyone a person that has a mental disability and they might be more susceptible to the virus. And now they might go out for a walk every day and now you gotta tell them that they are restricted. You telling them that they can't go nowhere. They don't understand that because some people have a child like mine. They don't get it. And eventually, they're gonna break loose, and they're gonna, as I like to say, they're gonna buck. They're gonna, they're just gonna break loose. It it happens, but you would think the police would understand it. You know, I, you know. I want to say you would think the police would understand it, but you know, come on. In my opinion, yeah, they know what they're doing. I'm sorry. This is. And I'm at the point now. It's it's this stuff is intentional. It's it's, an, it's intentional. I think there's yeah there's up, there's an uproar about it, but there's a there's a class of individuals that they're going after. There's a certain geographic of individuals that they are going after. However, in my opinion. You got to you gotta fix this because, yeah, it will, it is going to overlap. Not saying one life is more than another, but it's going to get to the point where everybody is going to be fair game. And when that happens, it's just, it's, that's, that's when all hell going to break out then. I mean, it's, it's, phew. That's crazy, but like I, said, like I said, when I heard about that, that struck, that struck a chord because I've had many clients that have gone out, as they call it, streaking, when they have a manic episode. Next thing I wanna talk about was um, just some information that I heard about the Brianna Taylor situation. I guess when I originally heard the story, I didn't realize that this situation involved two different individuals. It was pretty much read to me about, uh, you know, based on how the police were led to her address from the beginning. Cause I, you know, I didn't get it. And then the, individual that was there with her the night of her murder i'm thinking all the time that this was one person it I, I didn't know i didn't realize that it was two individuals i guess you know she had she had an ex-boyfriend that based on the information allegedly was or was allegedly indicated that he was a drug dealer and evidently they had some type of contact back in January where a package was sent to her house he picked it up from there so I guess that is how her address showed up on their radar so pretty much when they were trying to find whatever was in his package or see if they were, uh, her place was, uh, I guess, a stash house. That's how they got the the order from the judge. And see what people fail to realize, the order that came from the judge, it was a no-knock warrant. So to a certain point, I mean, again, this is a tough one, probably going to make, some of my folks mad, but I mean, if the police had a no knock warranty, warrant, excuse me, I said warranty, warrant, that's what they were allowed to do. Now, whoever gave the judge that information, they should definitely be held liable or the judge, if they didn't give the judge better information and the judge approved of it then that judge should be liable because it's just I don't understand the whole concept of my understanding was that a piece of mail went to her house and it was picked up in January and nothing else was ever seen coming out of her house so back in January she her her name is in there in in their radar her address and from there you go back months later and get a warrant to, to I, I, it, again this don't add up. This, this, this do not add up. Now, yeah, the, the story about, you know, she's sleeping, you know, I guess there's, I'm, I'm assuming the new boyfriend was there and he, he's over at her house and it happens So he has his gun on him and pretty much they kicking the door, which naturally, yeah, you hear somebody kicking your door. Yeah, you shooting, you blasting I, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly their reaction. I guess sometimes it's like my understanding that she was killed while laying in bed. I mean, I I guess I hear a bang at my door. I mean, I'm on the floor. I mean, again, you know, like I said, I'm just going by. I'm trying to use my own imagination how everything transpired. Because like I said, I just, I just actually was read the whole situation and I got a whole different view of everything that took place. But like I said, all the time, I'm thinking that it was one guy when now I realized it was, it was two different. There was, you know, this involved two different people, a guy that, supposedly was an ex-boyfriend that sent the package to her place back in January and then the guy that she was currently with so you know again you know for some reason they still they still investigating this which you know I don't know have they not found substantial evidence or Are they still just trying to find, I I personally, I think they found enough evidence, but I don't think they found enough. They don't have enough evidence that justifies what the police did. I really, I really believe that. And I believe that they are going to do everything in their power to try to find information that will make Everybody involved that's not police look like the bad guy, in, including Breonna Taylor. That's just, that's just my opinion. Uh, you know, going back to the mental health thing, some of you may know I am a diehard Dallas Cowboys. The quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is named Rain Dakota Prescott. A.K.A. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott revealed last Friday that his brother who passed away in April died of, it it was suicide. So pretty much Dak opened up. A lot of people didn't realize last Friday was National Suicide Prevention Day. And he was asked about it and pretty much you know basically said with the covid and his brother's death he was feeling he was feeling depressed which i mean how could he not i think the thing that helped him was the fact that he actually came out with it i believe that with that bottled up inside for these months, that, that would have opened up a can of depression. I don't think people realize how much people have endured during this time, you know, not just, you know, you, you, you losing jobs, you know, you worrying about your finances, you know, the whole school system thing. Because, you know, there are they're kid, they're kids, believe it or not. There are some kids that are like, hey, I really want to go back to school. I mean, I know, I know kids that were starting, you know, they were, they were in the first year of college. Some in the first semester because some probably started in January. But, I mean, imagine, imagine you got your life moving forward. You're a college senior from last year. And you start your freshman year at, you know, the university, you get away and you go to college and now you got to go back home because everything is stopped or you that high school senior and you supposed to graduate and everything is on hold. Yeah, it's, you know, my understanding, some, you know, a lot of it has worked out, but like this is September, this should be your freshman year in college, and you had your whole life laid out, yeah, that kid that, psh, that don't give a damn about their life, they ain't had no plans, you know, was going to graduate anyway, Oh no, it's business as usual, but those individuals that had their plans, their lives laid out, I'm going to go to college, four years, I'm going to graduate, I'm going to do the best I can, I want to be working at blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that that in itself can cause depression. You got a person that's saying, hey, I'm going to start January off right. I got, you know, my finances in line. I got this. Or you could be that parent that is saying, my kid is going to graduate from college or high school and... You have to change your plans. All of that, that causes mental anguish. All of that takes its toll on your mind. So imagine your old if i'm correct, it's the oldest brother. Well, Dak Prescott is the the I guess he's the baby brother. Okay, mind you that you lose your mother to cancer. So it's just him and his brothers. And if you recall, they are close. They are tight. If you look at those Chunky Soup commercials, those are his brother, brothers in those commercials. They have done, they've done a number of commercials together. Some of them even got, they splintered off because they are Dak Prescott's brothers. So they, they are tight. So whatever it was that just took its toll on his brother to bring him down to that point where he took his life. And then you, as Dak Prescott, like you, you pretty much, I am the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm making money, even, you know, we know about the contract situation. He had, you know, pretty much, I don't know if he signed the contract, but it well, first of all, it was believed that Dak Prescott makes about $40 million a year off endorsements. So it's, it's not an issue and, you know, I'm assuming he taking care of his brothers. So pretty much he's, he's, he's okay. But it just shows you, no matter what, no matter how much money, it cannot fill voids. And it's obvious the Prescott boys have voids. And that void was so deep for one of the brothers that he took his life. And without a doubt, that's affecting... The other two brothers, I'm sure the other, you know the um the other brother, he's you know he's probably going through the same thing. So you know, and you know I know you know people are upset about Skip Bayless, you know his his comments. You know I can't I can't get into that. That's you know that would be trying to figure out why people support Donald Trump. It's just you know. Why? Why even go down that rabbit hole? But still, I'm a firm believer. You respect people. People issues. You don't downplay somebody's feelings. You don't say, "Oh, deal with it, suck it up." You just, you just don't know. I mean, speaking for myself, yeah, I'm, I'm. I've been deemed an essential worker since day one. I've honestly, I have not missed a day of work since the virus hit because of the nature of my work. You know, I have the option of doing what is called telehealth, which you can utilize um, your phone, tablets, FaceTime, all these other gadgets, or, you know, if you feel comfortable, you can still go face-to-face and meet with your clients. But either way, I have not missed not one day. I have not had a check that was lower because of the virus. I mean, I've been blessed in that manner. But at the same time, it's still, it's still stressful. Because there's still things that I have to do for my own personal health that I have to be cautious because I'm one of those individuals that's very, um, I'm a high-risk person. But at the same time, you know, you just, I just believe I got to keep moving. And it can be, I'm going to say depressing, but it really can be stressed out because there's sometimes you're like, I gotta, I gotta pull back, and a person might say, "I need you," and you could just, you know, you say a prayer and you keep moving. So pretty much, yeah, you know, this downplaying, you know, people's feelings and making the assumption, well, he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, so he, he should be. What, what, what does he have to be sad about? It's like, oh, this guy. This guy lost his brother. Now, if I'm correct, it was it was the oldest brother. Out of, you know, the three of them after they lost their mama. Because you never really hear anything about Daddy Prescott. So, after the mother passed, it's just them. So, you know. Only thing I can say is to... People take care of yourself. Talk things over. The best thing that Dak Prescott did was eventually coming around to talk about it. One of the things any client that I've ever served, I always tell them, journal your thoughts and your feelings. Get it out. Write it down. Do voice dictation. Get it out there. Just talk to somebody for a moment. Get it out. Get it off your chest. You will feel better. Your heart rate will go down. You'll breathe differently. Your head won't hurt. Getting things off your chest, off your heart, off your mind. That probably is the best therapeutic measure that any human being can take. Last but not least, President of the United States, a.k.a. our Commander-in-Chief, made the comment that anybody that go into the military, and he actually said Marines, he basically said they are a sucker. Uh, I mean, I've had people to ask me, how did I feel about that? I'm an ex-Marine it's like you know a person that never served you know there are excerpts in his I think it's his niece her book where she talks about how Donald Jr. wanted to go into the military and it was indicated that um Donald Trump and um the mother i i can't remember if i get all them wives mixed up but i guess the first wife pretty much told him that if he go in the military that he was going to be totally cut off and basically used the term that people that serve in the military are suckers so you know it's like and people are like well how can ex-military current military personnel Support this person I keep telling people it don't have nothing to do with his rhetoric It's what he gives them And that's the peace of mind to express their racial hatred their racial views he 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 gives them that green light But just to share a quick story because it's, it's ironic that when Donald Trump made that statement, it was also, this was a couple of weeks ago, it was the anniversary of the Battle of Bellawood, which was a battle in Germany with six Marines. And pretty much the story goes that the Marines were outmanned, outgunned, and pretty much, pretty much it got dire and something just came over those marines and they pretty much they charged this hill. they were being attacked with mustard gas i mean the heat was causing them to sweat profusely and they indicated that this started making them to foam at the mouth their eyes started turning Bloodshot red, they climbing up the hill in the mud on all fours. Said they were killing everything in their sight, everything in their way. While at the same time, they were making this growling and howling sound. And of course, the German soldiers, because it was dark, they just, they couldn't really focus on it. And before you know it, these German soldiers who outnumbered them started yelling, retreat. And they started yelling that we're being attacked by dogs from hell. And anybody knows anything about the United States Marines. One of our most popular nicknames throughout the world is called devil dogs. And this is where the story comes from. So when somebody questions about the history and the strength and the courage of anybody in the armed forces, but particularly in the United States Marine Corps, when you question any man or woman that served in the United States Marine Corps and these, this individual never served, you know, don't, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time explaining yourself to you know, that kind of person. Anyway, we're going to call it a chapter. As always, please share your views, share your thoughts. I'd love to hear your questions. Check out the Facebook page. Until next week, this has been a system. To this madness podcast. I am Osaze Shabazz. God bless. Take care. Be safe.